0: Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we look back at the NHL trade deadline for the Winnipeg Jets with Kelly Moore, our sports director and host of Jets Hockey on CGOB. And also Caitlin Laws will stop by to talk about her new curling team and everything she learned from the great Jennifer Jones. That's all coming up on the podcast.
1: There was, you know, conversations when it became more apparent that, um, uh, you know, things were getting, you know, serious, you know, like, so some teams, you know, calls, some teams didn't really have the assets, um, you know, to really get serious, you know, about it. Um, because again, for me, there had to be a certain level of assets that, that that were coming back. Some of them maybe had the picks, didn't have the prospects. Some of them maybe had the prospects, didn't have the picks. Um, you know, so those are the type of things that um, you have to weigh.
0: Winnipeg Jets general manager, Kevin Cheveld, day off this afternoon when asked, How many suitors there were for Andrew Kopp, who today goes to the the New York Rangers in exchange for two conditional second-round picks, as well as a deeper draft pick and a prospect, Morgan Barron. To look back on the day's events and look ahead to what the Jets have going for them this year and in years to the future, we're joined by Kelly Moore, CJOB Sports Director and host of Jets Hockey on CJOB. Kelly, first of all, uh, have you had a moment to just unwind after a very busy day?
1: Oh, I'll tell you, it, uh, it, it just seems, uh, Christian, with how things are going now in the National Hockey League because of, you know, a, a lot of cap teams, uh, and now you have the, you know, the retention of some salaries, and then you have these conditional picks like, I'm trying to remember exactly how it works for Andrew Kopp. I don't have it in front of me here, so you can feel free to correct me, but I believe it's Andrew Kopp and a sixth-round 2023 draft pick. To the New York Rangers, uh, you just mentioned uh, Young Barron, uh, who's the prospect who's already been assigned to the Manitoba Moose. Then you have two conditional second-round picks, and I believe uh, pick number A uh, the, uh, if Andrew Kopp plays 50% of the playoff games that get the New York Rangers to the Eastern conference, that converts to a first rounder in 2022. And then for pick B, uh, it's conditional in that it can be the first round pick or the second round pick rather for St. Louis in 2022, or the second round pick for the Rangers in 2023. And the Jets also get a fifth rounder in 2023.
0: You nailed it, Kelly. Good, good recall oh, there.
1: Wow, uh, be, uh, because I'll tell you, I, I had to read through that thing about four or five times, Christian. Honest to goodness, to uh, uh, to try to make sure that uh, you know we we had it right uh, in the interpretation of it. But how they arrived at all those twists and turns—that's why I asked Kevin Shovelday off right off the right off the hop today. How many capologists or accountants right. did you have at your side when you were negotiating this thing?
0: So, your opinion as an observer of the team, fair return for Andrew Kopp?
1: I believe so. Yeah, uh, You know, when you take a look at what some of the other teams had already decided on, you know, if we're to believe the teams like Colorado and like Florida and perhaps Boston uh, were all on the mix, I have to admit, when Boston signed Jake DeBrus to that two-year extension, he had to wonder if perhaps maybe something was brewing there between the Bruins and the Jets uh, for Andrew Kopp, uh, you know, to make the deal a little bit more palatable. I don't know if it just would have been Andrew Kopp and Jake DeBrusque, uh, because we all know, you know, even with the acquisition of Hampus Lindholm, the Bruins would like to beef up their defense. Uh, and then when Colorado, you know, signed Andrew uh, Cogliano, and it escapes me uh, right Archery now, maybe, like and Arturi Lekkinen, thank you, uh, from the Montreal Canadiens. You know, you kind of thought, okay, they're they're out of it. So, I think with what was uh, with the teams that were left that were serious about acquiring Andrew Kopp, yeah, I think that's a pretty good return. If uh, if the Rangers do as well as the Jets now hope they do, uh, then uh, you know they then they've done very well. You know, they can. They can have that first round to a pair of first rounders in 2022 and then maybe hold that second round pick over to 2023 in that plan B option because currently they don't have one right now after the trade that they made with Washington for Brendan Dillon.
0: So down the line then Andrew Kopp goes, they don't want to completely have a, a total vacuum where he left. So they bring in Zach Sanford from the Ottawa Senators for a, a later round pick. Did you see this move coming?
1: Not one iota. Didn't have a clue on that happening. Uh, and and really the way Kevin Cheveldeoff explained it, I'm not, did you play a lot of his uh, yes, I have, availability yeah. already? Okay. So when he, uh, it, it seemed to me, and, and I'd be interested what your interpretation was on this, Christian. It seemed to me that when they were able to acquire Mason Appleton, uh, that that uh, was enough of an impetus to say to go to go ahead uh, and trade Andrew Kopp. I'm, I'm not so sure Sanford was the guy as much as Appleton was.
0: Uh, he seemed very excited to get Appleton back, very yeah. much so. And, and the fact that he said that they tried to make that trade a couple times this season surprised me yeah. a little bit with Appleton going in the expansion draft. This is obviously a sign that we don't we never know what's going on behind closed doors. But I guess with the kind of rotation, a real carousel for the Jets in their bottom six this year, right? Whether it's injuries yeah. or whether it's COVID, uh, Appleton was a, a player they knew and didn't have a large cap hit. So he comes in that combined with Sanford, they make less than Copted, or just not much less, but a tiny bit less. And so yeah. you get two guys there, and now you, you allow as well, the way I look at it is you allow some of those depth guys from the Moose to play down in the AHL and go on maybe a deep playoff run there. So I think there's there's multiple ways that Chevy looks at this as, as a win today, on top of the return that he got for Cop in kind of shoring up their draft capital that's taken a hit on past trade deadlines.
1: Right, yeah. And, you know, the other thing on here, though, right now, Christian, is what is going to happen uh, over these next few games while Adam Lowry is in COVID protocol? Yeah, Boy, I'll tell you, that line of Andrew Kopp between Eugenie Svechnikoff and Jansen Harkins looked great. Now, it was against Chicago, playing a loosey-goosey, herky-jerky kind of hockey. Uh, you're probably not going to see that tomorrow night uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. But I was trying to figure out, okay, so what are they going to do with that third line? Do they put Harkins in the middle, Appleton on the right side, and Sanford on the left? Uh, you know, because uh, I don't think Sanford ha- has played a lot of center. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that third line shakes out tomorrow night against Vegas.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, well, you say the the herky-jerky style. We saw kind of that when the Vegas was in town with the 7-3 win last week over... Uh, the Jets win over Vegas. Not quite what we saw yesterday, but you know, yeah. you know, look at this week and they've got Vegas tomorrow, but then they've got the Senators. They've got the Jackets. They've got the Coyotes who are playing very well and the Sabres. So you've got this this run of teams that aren't playoff teams
1: Yeah, for the uh, of-
0: before it gets really tough.
1: Yeah, and none of them really playing what you would call a structured style of game, you know, like the Jets saw against Boston or against the Rangers. Like, I know uh, when uh, Dwayne Gilawoichuk and I were uh, talking about the game last night, Christian, uh, we both agreed that if the Jets tried to play like that against Boston or the Rangers or the Islanders, for that matter, uh, you know, it, it just simply wouldn't work. But then also listening to Kyle Connor after the game, where Winnipeg kind of got dragged into playing that style uh, just because of how Chicago was going to, about business. You know, he said, you try to play the right way, but it's almost impossible uh, in a situation like that. So, you know, I think uh, look at it a little more open-minded and, and feel that Winnipeg can get back to, you know, playing that structured style of game that they need to play. It just, with a big guy like Sanford, you know, perhaps uh, it makes them, Just, you know, a little bit more difficult, a little more tougher to play against. I guess we'll see in going forward. The bottom line is it is still a massive uphill Mm -hmm. uh, battle that the Jets are facing uh, to uh, get into the playoff mix, uh, let alone stay relevant.
0: Well, you say play the right way, but the reality is the way the Jets have been winning games (laughs) is like that, right? you know, the games that degree. they're winning, yeah. they're winning like that. The 7-3 win over Vegas, the 7-4 win over the Lightning, the 8-4 win over Montreal, the 5-3 win over the Coyotes, right? That You look at the recent history, there was the win over St. Louis in St. Louis in that Devils 2-1 game. But for the most part, that those games seem to be the exception. And the games well, we you saw know, yesterday
1: are, well, you know, the are t- what we've been seeing. Yeah, the Tampa Bay game, though, Christian, I I think they played a straight line uh, type of hockey. You know, here's some of the things that I was seeing in Chicago last night, like Paul Stastny, uh, who's the last guy in the world you think would, you know, do a little loop inside the Chicago blue line, drop the puck off the Logan Stanley kind of a no man's land. Man, that could have turned into transition so quickly. Uh, You know some of the ill-advised passes. You know when the Jets were trying to break out in the first period, uh, that that Chicago was able to knock down. So against Tampa Bay, and and I I thought even in that Arizona game, I thought there was a little more straight line hockey. Uh, I'll agree, Montreal that was a uh, that was a hot mess uh, that night. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how Winnipeg plays now. Also Christian. Uh, knowing that the team that they have is the team that they have. There'll be no more wondering, is this guy going to go? Is that guy going to go? It sounds like Kevin Shovel Dayoff didn't even give uh, a second's uh, uh, notice to uh, any of this talk about uh, which defensemen were going to get traded. Uh, It sounds like that was never, ever uh, part of his uh, conversation or or even part of his focus uh, going into trading deadline day to day.
0: So, this is the, like you said, the team they have. Uh, playoffs are a long shot. If they get in, they're going to up go up against probably Colorado. And Colorado is a juggernaut. So, it seems like whatever happens now from here on out, Kelly, they're kind of okay with yes or no making the playoffs based on they, they got something for Kopp. If he walks, they get nothing. They get something for him. And so, we now look at with 2019 games left for the 19 games. Gets, Yeah. They can make the playoffs that would be awesome for them if not okay they've, they've got some, now a little bit more in the future with especially the move for brian little his contract going the other way to arizona to create some more cap flexibility for next year
1: yeah that was a, a real uh, interesting uh, move by kevin Chevel day off to be able to pull that off uh, and and not being able to sign nathan smith obviously allowed them to uh include that as part of the deal uh with the coyotes and, you know, just I always uh, have hoped that Brian Little would be able to uh, stay within the Winnipeg Jets organization until uh, he mentioned the R word, the retirement word. Uh, so I guess unofficially, uh, you know, that's not going to happen uh, as far as the Arizona Coyotes are concerned. But uh, I really do hope that uh, in two years from now, Christian, when that contract has expired, uh, Brian Little is able to re sign you know, one of those uh, so-called deals with the Winnipeg Jets, just so he can retire as a Jet, because he really should. Uh, He uh, was uh, such a fantastic player uh, for this organization. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, there were some people that felt that uh, the Jets could do better, uh, but uh, he was such a big, big part of, uh, of the core group, uh, that uh it would be a, it would be a real shame if he didn't retire when he does uh, as a member of the Jets organization.
0: Well, you've been here the whole time of the Jets 2.0 longer than I have, Kelly, and and you've see, you know firsthand, right? He's an OG 2.0er who's been with the franchise since 2006. He's got the, you know, the games played record. He's got a lot of these stats that he's just he's just been a a heart and soul member of this team and it's it's been such a shame to see how it ended for yeah. him. Yeah. With uh, yeah. the injury he, he suffered a couple of years ago, but I mean, j- just those, especially those early years, right when the team wasn't uh, making the playoffs or anything like that, he was he was in his heyday and and really meant a lot to this team. And I think uh, I, Paul Paul Edmonds pointed this out on Twitter today that game winning goal in the outdoor game in Regina is uh, is such a nice legacy play for him because yes. it happened right at the end.
1: Yeah. And we were talking with Cam and Jim on Jets at Noon today too. And in that first season, Christian, uh, Man, I wish you could have been here because uh, it was so electric for every home game that the Jets played that year. And obviously they didn't win them all uh, and didn't win enough of them. Uh, But there were some games that really stood out. And in the month of December, these games were exactly one week apart against, I think it was Minnesota on December 6th, then Boston on the 13th or the other way around. Jets won both games two to one. Brian Little scored the winning goal in the third period in each of them. And you would have thought the roof would have been removed from the girders, uh, with the sound that came out of that crowd when he scored those two goals. Uh, the one against Minnesota, I think, came with about 15 minutes to go in the game. The one against Boston was with about five minutes left, so uh, an yeah, even more dramatic goal. But it was just it was back to back weeks, uh, you know, against uh, a uh, an original six team, and then B, against the team's number one geographical rival. And uh, th- those are the two plays that I will always remember uh, for Brian Little because I kept on thinking to myself, man, it, this could not happen to a better guy. And I think he was one of the first people, too, uh, Christian, to commit long-term to this franchise, uh, which, uh, you know, let's face it, in the, early, uh, in the early stages, it wasn't easy to get players to, uh, to commit. Andrew Ladd and Brian Little were the leaders in that category for sure.
0: Just pulled it up here quick, Kelly. The December 2011, where they went 10-3-1 overall, including 9-2-1 and 1 at home. December 6th against Boston, the 13th against the Wild.
1: Okay, uh, so it was big... Boston, then Minnesota. yeah. yeah.
0: And, I'll, and I'll say before I let you go, for me, I moved here in 2015, and I was here just in time to see that first playoff series against the Ducks in Game 3 when yeah. he just absolutely rips a turnover past Frederick Anderson at the end of the second period to make it 4-3 in game number three, the place just lost its mind. And yeah. that was such a cool moment. He, it's such a big celebration. Obviously, it's a shame they didn't win that hockey game because who knows what that series could have been had right. they pulled that one out. But uh, that was definitely a, a huge moment in their first home playoff game in 2.0 yeah. history. That was such a yeah. big one. So. Uh, Memories for sure that will last a long time for Jets fans in this marketplace. Kelly, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow night on the pregame show.
1: Yeah, you bet, Christian. Yeah, it should be another dandy between the Winnipeg Jets and Vegas Golden Knights, and somehow I don't think it's going to be the 7-3 runaway that it was last week. No,
0: we'll see if Vegas gets better goaltending. 5 o'clock pregame show begins here on CJOB, 7 o'clock puck drop from downtown Winnipeg, Vegas at the Jets. curling there have been so many announcements from teams in the past week that they're breaking up going their separate ways but we haven't had many announcements of new teams well we got one today from the new team laws as caitlin laws will be skipping a manitoba team jocelyn peterman who had been with laws on team jones stays as second while selena Nagavan and kristen mccush join as third and lead respectively from the disbanded tracy flurry rick. Joining me now on the show is Caitlin Laws. Caitlin, it must feel good to be able to share the news about your new team today.
2: We are so excited to officially announce our new lineup and get it out there. Um, it's been an exciting day sharing our news and uh, yeah, it's, I'm thrilled.
0: So how long has this been in the works?
2: Uh, to be honest, not very long. We made our team announcement uh not that long ago and once we decided to go our separate ways with team jones uh the phone conversation started to happen and tried to feel things out and honestly it came—it did come together quite quickly and we tried to announce as soon as we could
0: so this is what curling is now in 2022 after every olympic cycle there's always a lot of free agency we saw a decent amount of it in 2018. so going into the end of the season was there a feeling that there was going to be this mass change in curling did you get that sense
2: honestly i don't think we could have predicted what was to come Uh, i feel like this is the craziest we've ever seen at the end of a olympic cycle so many team changes and maybe it's be maybe i'm being naive because i haven't been a part of a team change in many 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 years uh but it does feel like this is the craziest the curling world has ever been um and we hadn't thought about it at all we are so focused on the olympics and the olympic trials all season so it wasn't really something that was on my mind until it happened and it's pretty crazy to be a part of
0: so you have history now with jocelyn peterman you've played together on team jones for a number of years here have you curled with selena and kristen
2: before I have not curled with Kristen before. Actually, sorry, that is a lie. Um, Kristen came to the Scotties, I believe it was in 2012, as our alternate. So I've been teammates with her for one event uh, many, many years ago. And Selena, we had the opportunity to play together. Uh, she spared on our team at an event last summer in August. So we don't have much experience together at all, but... Uh, I've had some great conversations with them and played against them uh, since juniors. So I'm really excited to be teaming up with them. And Jocelyn's now been on our team for four years and she's my roommate. So it was pretty fun to be able to stay together and create this new dynamic.
0: So you're now moving to the skip position. I'll get to the influence of Jennifer Jones in a moment, but are you sad that you're not going to be able to sweep anymore? (laughs)
2: <laughs> now that you mentioned that, um, sweeping was one of my absolute favorite things about playing third. And that will be a big adjustment for me to not want to run out and help sweep every rock. But I'll, I'll take a lot of pride in sweeping behind the tee line and encouraging my, my sweepers to help us make those shots.
0: So you, you were skip in junior. You go to Jennifer Jones' team. We, we know the history, the incredible success that your team has had over the last dozen years or so. How can you put into words the influence she's had on your curling career?
2: How much time do you have? (laughs) Um, To be honest, it's been the most amazing dream come true, I mean, that I could ask for. 12 years playing for Jennifer Jones and uh, alongside Jill Officer and Don McEwen and now Jocelyn and Lisa Weagle, We've had so much success, but the fact that 12 years ago, Jennifer and the girls took a risk on me. I was 21 when I joined the team um, and they saw something in me. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for them for taking that chance. And we accomplished so much over our time together. I learned more than I could have ever imagined. And we made memories that will last a lifetime. So I'm forever grateful for all of that.
0: How nice was it to cap that all off with one last trip to the Olympics? I know you didn't medal or make the playoffs, but still that had to be a, a nice bow on top of it all.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the fact that we were able to get to two Olympics together is so surreal. And we left it all on the ice. We we played our hearts out, and I'm so proud of what we were able to accomplish in Beijing, even though we didn't come home with a medal. Uh, we we we're keeping our heads held high, and we have so much to be to be proud of.
0: Does it change at all having been a third for 12 years going to skip? Is there a rustiness to to having to skip again, or n- not really?
2: We'll find out. (laughs) Um, I'm, to be honest, like in the conversations that I've had with the team so far, they have given me so much confidence even before we stepped out on the ice. And I'm excited to see what we can accomplish together. I'm nervous, but I love that feeling of not not knowing what's going to happen. And I'm going to work as hard as I can to try and be the best skip I can be for this team.
0: So when do you actually officially start playing together? Is that the, the next season in the fall?
2: Correct, yeah. We both have two more events left with our current teams, uh, two Grand Slams, which we're extremely excited about, and we have so much to celebrate with our current teams. And And then once those events are done, we'll move into our season planning and and look forward to the future. So next fall will be the first time we'll officially be able to start competing together.
0: Is it weird that all these announcements are being made but there's still events to go
2: it is a little strange uh only because i've again like i said i haven't been a part of something like this before but it's happened in the past where other teams have made announcements and changes but they've finished out the seasons together and i think that's the way it should be um it's it's hard to to see things come to an end for teams but again like so much to celebrate and we still have unfinished business so i think we can put that aside and we're all still such close friends and we have so much respect for one another so uh, we're ready to go to battle with our current teams as well
0: and what do you think of jennifer tagging up with Mackenzie zacharias in much the same way taking you on a dozen years ago uh, trying to be mentor another group of young curlers in manitoba
2: I'm so excited for Jennifer and the Zacharias team. Uh, they're a young up and coming team and what a great opportunity for them to be able to learn from the best. And I will always be a Jennifer Jones fan and cheer for them. Um, it'll be fun to play against them and how exciting for Manitoba uh, Provincials to have so many great teams battling it out.
0: It's pretty stacked, isn't it? With your team, the Anderson team, the Jones Zacharias unit. I mean, you're going to have to earn it to get out of this province. Thank God for the the wild card, I guess. There's always that backup plan.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great province filled with so much talent. And you want to be able to play against the best teams. So that's what helps make you a better team. So uh, I think it's great that we have all this competition right here at home. I'm so proud to be playing out of Winnipeg and playing for Manitoba. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens.
0: Are you curling out of St. Fatale Curling Club? What's your home base?
2: Uh, we haven't figured out what that's going to look like yet. Um, we just announced today, but we have a lot of uh, logistics that we have to figure out. So it's been amazing being uh, a member of the Same Curling Club for so many years. And they've been so supportive of our curling career. So it'll definitely be a part of the conversation coming up.
0: And is mixed doubles going to be still a, a partial priority for you? Or where does that sit right now in your curling priority list
2: um i'm a huge mixed doubles fan uh currently i'm not too sure what my future in mixed doubles looks like it will depend on what our women's schedule is and try and navigate to see if there are some some off weekends but i think right now my main focus is going to be on trying to figure out my new position and what my role is on this team
0: well and one of your teammates jocelyn Peterman, is one of the best mixed doubles players in the country too
2: absolutely she her and Brad are amazing at mixed doubles and i can't wait to cheer for them at the upcoming world championships
0: well caitlin thank you very much for your time tonight appreciate this and best of luck with everything going forward here
2: thank you i really appreciate it
0: well thank you very much for listening to the cjob sports show podcast if you like what you heard guess what you can hear more every weeknight on cjob from six thirty to 9 p.m of course that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So and
2: thanks for all So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you oh, You may not share our intellect, which might explain your dis-